With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Gonna throw, looks to the left side, throws now over the top. That is complete across the 15 to the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Bryant Mitchell! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30 Chad. The Labor Day weekend is here. Hope you have a great one planned. And we count down to the Labor Day Classic Eskimos at Stampeders. The game starts Monday at 1. Our coverage will start at 11.30 Monday morning. Dave Campbell, Morley Scott, Blake Dermott as the 7-2 Eskimos take on the 7-1-1 Calgary Stampeders. We got a pretty special guest tonight in about half an hour, Gene Simmons. Yes, that Gene Simmons from the band KISS is going to be on Inside Sports uh, after the 6.30 news. So I hope you can stick around for that. Not sure what we're going to talk about. I don't think it'll be entirely a sports interview, but when you have a rock and roll legend on, I think you'll want to talk a little bit of rock and roll too. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, you can text 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. And we have former Edmonton Eskimo Randy Spencer in studio. Randy, how's it going? Fantastic. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You a Kiss fan? Uh, yes, actually, I am. And surprisingly, my kids love the cartoon and watch it religiously. When they when one goes on, it goes through Netflix and it keeps going. I don't know what they see, but it's entertaining. I guess it's the music. Yeah, I guess, or the makeup. I don't know, or the big yeah. shoes or the pyrotechnics. Uh, anyway, Gene Simmons will be on the show. Randy, thanks a lot for coming in. Uh, former defensive lineman for the Eskimos. You had a year in Montreal as well. You won the uh, Great Cup, what, twice? Yeah. Oh, 3 and 05? Oh, 3 and 05. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic times. <laughs> Different teams, right? Because the 03 team was kind of favored and, and, and pulled it off uh, after yeah. g- getting them there and losing in 02. The 05 team, though, you know, the way the regular season ended, it looked like uh, they aren't going to last long. Yeah, I'd still say the team was built by the same man, but, uh, you know, we fought through to survive that last one and uh, win that for Edmonton. So it was, uh, it was, it was fun, both of them different situations, but uh, all that matter, it was, it was amazing, right? In 2005, you, Calgary, and BC were all close going into the final week of the regular season. If you would have won in Calgary, you would have finished first. You lost, you got destroyed yeah. by 20, and I think you got a couple window-dressing touchdowns late in the game. Uh, I mean, what was the attitude like, you know, knowing you'd let an opportunity slip away to get a bye, and having to go back down and play Calgary again after they just whooped you? Um, we, we already knew walking into Calgary that we, like, our focus was already there. Um, and the rumblings from Calgary just fueled us even more, knowing that some of the 
players had bought their tickets to BC already, thinking they already cashed their ticket to the Great Cup. So we, we used that as fuel, and we walked in there, and we did not stop from the second from the get-go to the end. Well, where did you get those rumblings that you hear guys <laughs> on other teams are buying tickets to the West Final and the Grey Cup? Oh, we have our relationships between teams, and people talk their smack, and uh, we hear it, and you either use it for... for uh, good or bad <laughs> that 2005 west semi and then you guys did fall behind i think it was 23 9 and you got a late mm-hmm. field goal 23 12 at the half uh yeah. what what kept it together though because you still i mean you you could have said well they whipped us last week it's going that way again what kept it together halftime the halftime speech uh i can i could remember the passion the grit like just the focus uh with moss in that locker room uh, he was more than determined. There was Comiskey. Uh, I, if you looked into their eyes, you could see blood bleeding already. It was over. Like, there was no way we were walking out of that locker room after half and not finding a way to get to BC. It was already written. We already knew it. That's amazing. And uh, Moss replaced Ray. and was. I still remember that one play. He was going to be sacked, and he did a 360 in the guy's grasp and threw a short pass, I think, to Bertrand while he was falling down, and then Bertrand ran for I think, I think a first down. Uh, did you did you were you surprised when Jason Moss went into coaching and is now a head coach, or when you played with him, did you see that potential? Oh, I've always seen it. Uh, I've always respected him so much. Uh, we, uh, I woke up once on my first shoulder surgery. I turned over and it was him. <laughs> that, that you know. And he was right back in there and playing to the same caliber and fighting the same way he's always fought right after that surgery. Uh, He's always put his body forward. He's always put his heart there. Um, He still has the best uh, beef jerky I've ever tasted in my life. Deer jerky. And, uh, yeah, you could see that within him. You could see that he wanted to coach, and uh, he was... Him and Ricky were so close in that in that locker room that they were constantly teaching and learning together and coaching. I, I pretty much thought they were the offensive uh, coordinators at the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, Randy Spencer joining us inside Sports on 630 Chet, former defensive lineman for, for the Eskimos. You know, the Labor Day game is, is coming up. You uh, did not play in the 03 game no. on Labor Day, so you as a player went 2-1. and one. On yes. Labor Day, so, so I'm winning still record, winning record, <laughs> winning record on Labor Day uh, in in Calgary. When you when you okay, well, first of all, in 03, you stood on the sidelines. As a, were you injured or or scratched? Uh, that was just a scratch. That was a scratch. Yeah. So, what was it like, first of all, to not be able to play that game, knowing knowing the hype around it? Um, well, I was I was young, so I it didn't bother me as much knowing that you know. I was doing my job as as my player, like the best four were in there, the best six D linemen were dressing for that game, and uh, I was there to cheer and, and make sure, you know, my voice was heard for them and be their support. Even though I took a bus down and uh, drank my whole way there. Whoa, 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 really? <laughs> but, yeah, so you were not was... entirely sober on the sidelines? No, no, me. no, but... Uh, that uh, yeah, that was a fun day. <laughs> is that the, the was that the uh, helmet? Uh, that was the helmet. Hervey yeah. Hervey hit the. That was uh, very spirited. That's probably the most spirited game <laughs> I've seen since. Well, my first game ever, I played. Uh, 
it was against Calgary preseason. Yeah. And that's where I, I'm from the East Coast, so I never knew anything about the rivalry, you know, to the degree it is. And it was a preseason game, and it turned into a brawl. So I was like, okay, I, I see where this is going, right? <laughs> and then that's the first game that we have to play for the, uh, for the back-to-back, and that's exactly what happens is helmets are thrown, people are getting tackled, you know. Exactly what you look for after leaving college—that <laughs> much spirit. I'll call it spirit. <laughs> so when you so when you played in your first Labor Day game in in '04, did any any memories? Did it did it stand out? Was the prep different going into that week? Um, it's really, it, it, you could just feel the city, right? Uh, I don't know if it's the same way. If, I don't know if it's because you're so tapped into football when you're a player. But when you're a player, you're always in the newspaper, you're always listening to radio, you're online or whatever, and every little piece of something is fueling you or something you see, like you see a, a fan go by just just ready to go down to Calgary and do whatever they can to drown out their crowd. Like It, it was really the city that fueled a lot of the games for us and uh, made it feel as, as much as it is. So okay, so you grew up in Ottawa. Yep. All right. Uh, so for some of your not childhood, not as a little kid, but they wouldn't have had a CFL team even the whole time you were living there. Oh, so you're the Rough Riders when I was. They young. went away, and then and the then Renegades would have come. Oh, yeah. you played Renegades against the Renegades. Back. So, yeah. I mean, so but you were saying like the Edmonton Calgary hatred, you learned about it like in about Instantly. two seconds. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah, that good. I haven't seen that in. Ottawa, I can't remember like that kind of thing. No, no, not even this. This hatred runs deep, and I'm sitting next to, like in my locker room, I'm sitting with Hervey, Gas, uh, Benoit, like Glenn, like all these guys. The, the amount of hate they had and for the for Calgary was so immense. It was it was amazing that uh, you could only feed off of that and know that. You wanted to be in that same space, and you have that in college, so you understand it. You have your in, in the states, you'll have your interstate rivalries, you know, like us against Utah, um, the Aggies, and so on. So yeah. you don't want to lose those games, and it, you know how much more it means to the fans that you don't lose that game. You don't want to come back to the city without winning that. So knowing that every, each player bought into that and even explained what was going on like if you were a rookie they they we they explained what the week was about labor day cuz there's a lot of players that aren't uh you know Canadian and don't know much about e- either city so you have to take you have to think you have to take 50% of that team and teach them something some hate <laughs> Real fast. <laughs> so, that they, so, so you quickly learned, and then you were passing that on to the next generation. Yes, of course, of course. Randy, could you stick around? Because I want to get your yeah. thoughts on this year's team and let fans know what you're up to now as well. Former Eskimos defensive lineman, two-time Great Cup champion, Randy Spencer, in studio on Inside Sports. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 
share it out for the season, but the Eskimos uh, getting Adam Konar back at linebacker. Darius Bowman is going to play. Vidal Hazelton did not practice today, nor did Josh Woodman, Arjun Colhoun, or Terrence Bullitt. Linebacker Blair Smith back on the practice field. He's been out since July 20th against Hamilton. Don't think he's going to go Monday, but he is getting close. So uh, finally, the Eskimos getting some injured guys back. My name is Reed Wilkins, former Eskimo defensive lineman, two-time Great Cup champion. Randy Spencer is in uh, studio. I mean, you're in here wearing an Eskimos t-shirt, so uh, you yeah. still follow the team, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm Eskimo green and gold till I die, so <laughs> I watch as much as I can. I go to as, as many games as I can possibly go to, except for taking the three kids to, to the game. They usually fall asleep by the 11 o'clock Laker ones, so yeah. What do you think of all these injuries? I mean, have you ever seen that as a as a player or as a I've fan? I've lived them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've lived them. I've seen it. Uh, I've never. I don't know if I've seen this many this fast mm-hmm. on a team. That's that's a lot to adapt to really fast. Uh, and they've done an amazing job at doing it. You know, last week was unfortunate, but uh, I think it just caught up, and uh, it's you know it'll pass this week. So I'm not worried about that. You, you said you had shoulder surgery. What's the worst injury you've ever been through? Um, well, uh, yeah, let's see. The worst the worst injury, not during football, but after football, because of football, would have been my back. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the worst pain I've ever had is to be like where your back gives out and you cripple right down to the floor and you can't get up. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's... A, is that's it fixed? A, Oh yeah, it only took a few pills and a couple hours later. But okay, so it's yeah, you can manage the pain. Though. Oh, you can manage the pain, but that's that's that feeling of helplessness. That's something a football player never wants to feel. What's it like during a game when you see a guy go down and he has to be carted off or helped off, where you're pretty sure he's not coming back? I mean, we as broadcasters mm-hmm. always say, "Well, they got to move on and refocus," but is it really that easy? Well, honestly, during a game when a guy goes down, you usually think they're always going to get back up. Okay. Right? I don't know. In, in my in my thought process, I always think they're going to get back up because we always wish for the best. And you're not really completely focused on it until the fact where you know it's not good. Right? Okay. Until someone goes to an to a ambulance and they're gone. That's when you you start thinking, okay, what's going on there, right? Um, fortunately, I haven't seen too many of those instances when I played. Uh, everyone gets injured. You know, like my wife would always say, I'd rather him break a leg than get sick because, like, <laughs> I can deal with a broken leg. I can deal with a torn muscle, but, you know, certain things like that, yeah. It's it's normal for us to go through injuries and going through injuries since you're, you start playing football. Four years as an Eskimo, who was the toughest teammate you had? Oh, uh, AJ Gas. <laughs> AJ Gas is built in steel and armor. I don't know what part of him is not <laughs> something else other than uh, bone. So, yeah, he was one tough guy. Um, Dan Kamiski. Um, yeah, a, a lot of those guys uh, deserve deserve the tough award. Uh, Mathieu Bertrand also. Yeah. Yeah, he was really tough uh, going through quite a few little injuries here and there. Yeah, reliable yeah. guy. He always very got it on third very, and one. Everybody knew he was getting that handoff, yeah. but he still still got yeah. the yard. There wasn't a day he wasn't in the treatment center, you know, taking care of something to make sure something didn't break down. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Eskimos' D-line has been a strength this season. What, mm-hmm. what do you think it is they're doing that allows them to be, you know, successful? I mean, last game was tough, but most games have been pretty, pretty successful and get a lot of pressure. Um. 
D-line, D-line's the one special group, you know. I'd, I'd tell you it's the most special group on a team. <laughs> Not just because <laughs> yeah, I'm just a D-lineman or yeah. a bias or anything, but, you know, the, the old linemen, they stick together and they sit there and they eat hamburgers <laughs> and stuff like that. But D-line, yeah, that's a party. And the more that you party together, the more that you spend that time together watching film and everything, the more you learn about each other, uh, the closer the group is. And the closer you are as a D-line, the more you want to meet at the back and have a party. And honestly, like that is the fun part about D-line, is finding out a way to both meet at, at, the, at the quarterback. There's no greater satisfaction. Uh, you must love Odell Willis and what he brings. Uh, then love that guy. Uh, he, he exudes D line. <laughs> like, uh, he said it right. You know, like you can't focus on the injuries, and he, we don't focus on the injuries, right? If I, if I if they did, like I wouldn't have had my opportunity. That's how I got my opportunity to play the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, uh, one player went down. Uh, Steve went. Steve Sharpenel went down, and I came back and. I got my first time in, and then that solidified my spot for the next four years, you know. So injuries are going to happen. There's always somebody else waiting to to play, and that's the that's the beauty about football. If if they weren't waiting to play, then uh, you know why would they be here? As a defensive lineman, were you ever held and it wasn't called? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Just wanted to slip that one you in. I just wanted to see my facial reaction. I just reaction. wanted to see your face when I asked that, uh, asked that question. Uh, how much, though, because, you know, the whole thing is, well, there could be holding in play. Did you have to pick and pick and choose your spots, though, to really lobby to an official? Or or how, how what's the best way to say to a ref or an umpire? Because they hear it yeah. all the time, right? So how do you actually say, I, hey? I don't think I've ever really uh, said much to the refs. I, I, you know, like, throughout... Throughout my career, I was either a captain and, you know, or in a position where I didn't want to lobby that way. Okay. Um, as a D lineman, if I couldn't sell it in my play, then I didn't deserve it. Okay. So I, I would just flail. You know, like <laughs> you just put the arm up, like, or... do the McGregor arm arm <laughs> swing or something. <laughs> so. Yeah, you you have to really throw the arm up and uh, show that they're holding you because words aren't going to change their mind. You you learn that uh, you can't change a ref's mind. They make, they make their mind up. They make their mind up. Randy Spencer, former Eskimos defensive lineman, joining us uh, on Inside Sports. We're we're running short on time already. We'll have to do this again uh, quickly. Uh, where are your two gray cup rings? Oh, so, oh, I'm not going to say which cupboard they're in, but they're at home. But you've kept them, and so you didn't give them <laughs> oh, away yeah. or give them to a relative or sell them. Unfortunately, some guys I, I just got one back. Uh, I got it redone. From, you have to send it to Germany, actually, because the emerald stone was uh, really? cracked. But uh, I gave that one to my dad, and I, I just got it fixed, so it ended up back here. And I haven't sent it back, unfortunately. But he's, still, he's in Ottawa? <laughs> he's in Ottawa. He's in Ottawa, okay. Yeah. Well, you'll get it. I kept on enough. to it a little longer than I should have, but I, I, I usually just let that one I gave to my dad. So uh, We should tell people, so you, you married uh, an Edmontonian. you got three kids now, so you came back here after the one season in Montreal. Let people know what just what you're up to now in the community and with work. Yeah, I've been doing some uh, Live to Give uh, events, collecting some clothing for the homeless, uh, but mainly uh, I'm giving people the opportunity to uh, to do bucket-style life trips 
you know, for now. Don't wait. Do it now. Enjoy, enjoy your time. If you're here, you know, plan to go do something fun. Do it now. Enjoy it now. All right. And uh, you can, if you want to talk to me about it, you can go on randyspencer.ca and just, yeah. Oh, you got a good, well, what an appropriate website. Randyspencer.ca. <laughs> you lucked out get that. No other Randy Spencer beat you to no, it. No, <laughs> I got it. Uh, quickly, what happens Monday? Um, it's going to be a fight. Honestly, I, I look for someone to get to go through the middle and get knocked out right really early because that's usually what sets the tone. Unfortunately, yes, concussions will happen. But uh, you, if it's not a fight, uh, it, it's not going to be uh, a good outcome. We have to come in there with gusto and uh, really put our foot down and we walk out. We walk out 27 21. There's Randy Spencer's prediction. Randy, let's do this again. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Gene Simmons from KISS up next. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, it's not very often we have one of our songs coming back from break, and then we're going to interview... One of the members of that band. In a couple of minutes, Gene Simmons from KISS is going to be on Inside Sports. He's coming to Edmonton with his band, not KISS. He has the Gene Simmons band for the uh, Edmonton Entertainment Expo. He's a big comic book guy as well. He's going to be playing there Saturday, September 23rd. You can get tickets through Ticketmaster. So Gene Simmons coming up here in about two or three minutes. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Blue Jays in Baltimore, no score in the top of the fifth. This portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Thomas Vanek signed by the Vancouver Canucks. One year, $2 million, 17 goals, 48 points last season between uh, Florida and Detroit. The Edmonton Oil Kings had a preseason game this afternoon in Red Deer. They lost 3-2 to Prince George. They will play the Red Deer Rebels tomorrow at 7. Dennis Shapovalov. Winning at the U.S. Open, his opponent uh, had to retire because of a bit of an injury in the fourth set, but Shapovalov was already ahead two sets to one. He goes on to the round of 16. Quite a story there for the young Canadian. The Wildcats and Huskies will play 1 o'clock Sunday at Clark Park. Wildcats 0-3, Huskies 3-0. Wildcats coach Darcy Park will join us later on. University football regular season starting tonight at Foot Field. U of A home to the U of C. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, the Eskimo injury report, uh, Novadal Hazelton, who was a partial participant at practice yesterday. Of course, as you know, Darius Bowman, good to go for Labor Day Monday, 11.30 a.m., on 6.30, Ched, the broadcast will start with the countdown to kickoff, and then the game against the Stampeders will start at 1. All right, without any further ado, rock and roll legend, founder of one of the greatest bands of all time, from KISS, Gene Simmons. Gene, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Thank you. It's a delight to speak to me. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you for doing this. Hey, I, I got to wish you a belated happy birthday. I, I know in late August uh, you had a birthday. I'm going to ask you this, Gene. We, everybody can look up how old you are physically. I'm going to give you this question. How old would you tell people you are if you didn't know your actual birthday? 
You mean how old do I feel? I'm 68. Yeah. How do I? How old do I feel or look? How old do you feel? Do I think you think? How old do you feel? I, I feel uh, 30. So you've, you're 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 not the world's oldest teenager then. You've moved you've moved through your 20s then. <laughs> I mean, I'm mature enough to make some uh, smart decisions. I finally got married at 62. You know, we have kids, and so, you know, at some point, you and I, the male of the species, have to grow up. I mean, I understand. I've written lots of books about it, about how we manufacture hundreds of millions of sperm every day, and it clouds our mind in judgment. And even though we have deep voices and massive chests and hair and all that stuff, we really are just 14-year-old horny boys. And we will lie and do all kinds of bad stuff because, you know, we just want the female of the species to like us. But at a certain point, you grow up, and that happens much later in life. And women know this, by the way. This is nothing new. They go, "Oh yeah, he's just a big kid. He's just a big boy." Yeah, but yeah, but big boys misbehave. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's cool. Hey, hey, Gina, you're playing Edmonton here September 23rd at the uh, Edmonton Expo Center, so that's going to be uh, pretty fun. I mean, you've done thousands of concerts. Is, is it still a thrill to play live? Does does it feel any different than it did earlier in your music career, or how would you characterize it? Well, Kiss is Kiss, and the Gene Simmons Band is different. Uh, with Kiss, you can't get up on stage because there are bombs everywhere, and if you step the wrong place, you'll become hamburger meat. So it's not a safe place for people that don't know where they're going or you know what happens. You know, have the bejesus scared out of you. Gene Simmons Band uh, plays gigs and tours when Kiss is not busy going around the world. So. The and I'm also a big comic book geek. You know, we have Kiss Comics through Dynamic. That's four decades of comic books that started with Marvel Comics in the 70s. And also we have the Simmons Comics Group, which publishes three different titles. And they also asked me to have the Gene Simmons Band come up and play tunes. So I, you know, I look forward to it. I actually have an awful good time, and. Unlike bands and concerts that you think, that you see rather, what we have are staircases that lead from the stage into the audience. So imagine whether you're in the back row or in the front or in the sides, I will point you out and embarrass you in front of all your friends because I'm going to drag your sorry ass on stage and you're going to be singing with me or playing guitar or things and it happens to as many as 100 people during the show. Wow! So you get people right. That's that's got to be fun though, because you must you must love interacting with fans and and meeting people and and just find it and and having that strong connection. Well, I love I love it because I never had that chance when I was a kid. You go to see the Beatles or the Stones, you can't get within a mile of the stage, and I wanted to break down that barrier. You can't do it with Kiss, but clearly we can do it. You know here, and you can go to. YouTube and put up Gene Simmons Band live. You'll see videos where people are having the time of their lives. Or go to GeneSimmons.com. You mentioned uh, the comic book angle, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm a pretty big Spider-Man fan. Used to collect a lot of comics when I was younger. Okay, let's play trivia. Let's play trivia. Oh, okay, go ahead. Let's play trivia. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man created by two guys. Uh, Lee and Ditko. That's correct. Has anybody ever inked Steve Ditko, or did he pencil and ink his own Spider-Man? Oh, I'm pretty sure he insisted on doing it himself, didn't he? 
You are correct, sir. Okay. <laughs> what was the name of the first issue that Spider-Man, what's the name of the comic book that Spider-Man appeared in very first time? Amazing Fantasy number 15. Correct. What was the name of the ma- of the comic book, the issue bef- before it? Oh, right, because they changed the title, didn't they? Uh, I don't. Was it That's Amazing right. Tales or something like that? Amazing Adult Fantasy. Right. Changed to Amazing Fantasy 15 and Spider-Man together. And by the way, who drew the cover? It was not Ditko. I don't know, Gene. You got me. <laughs> Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby, and Dick Ayers. Okay, man, that's a, that's a, now, are you a Spider-Man guy too, or what was an early superhero that you fell in love with? I know, unfortunately, I know Turok, Son of Stone, but it was published by Dell or Doctor Solar, Gold Key, and Magnus Robot Fighter. And I know so much minutia going all the way back to Al Williamson and EC Comics. I'll bore you with detail. I'm, I'm a real. <laughs> comic book geek uh, but I'm, I'm curious uh, I mean a lot of kids got got into it but what was the what was the connection for you and or did like did you have buddies that got you into it or you just discovered you like that no, world? I, well I wasn't born in America when I came to America from Israel mm-hmm. I couldn't speak a word of English and you know where we came from we were dirt poor and we never had a TV set I never heard a TV we didn't even have a radio we had an outhouse I mean just like those stories and books. Well, I lived it. When I came to America, I couldn't believe the, you know, the everything was big. The people were big, the sandwiches were big, the cars were big, the buildings were big. And when I first turned on TV, I actually saw people flying through the air with capes. I just couldn't understand, like, what? And what was TV? And these people are flying through the air and they're from another planet? What? And then I saw the comic books. First one I saw was uh, World's Finest with Batman, Robin, and Superman. And everybody looked cool, and there were people of different ages, and some flew, and some lived in rich mansions. I mean, I was hooked beyond anything, because the idea of letting your imagination run, you know, this ain't the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is like... uh, you know, any child's fantasy of anything is possible. And so I was hooked ever since I was a kid. Uh, that's and awesome. for me, it was the entree. It's, it's how I learned to speak English, the way the words were pronounced and looked and how people talked. That's incredible. Gene Simmons joining us tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. I, I should sneak in a couple sports-related questions since this is a sports talk show. And uh, you had a, a couple of seasons as a sports owner, franchise owner of the L.A. Kiss of the uh, Arena Football League. That, that sounds like a dream for a lot of people to own a sports franchise. How, how would you describe uh, the experience? Probably some ups and downs, or how, how, would you, how do you look back on it? Well, nothing. Look, nothing's easy. Um, I liked the idea of lowering ticket prices. Ninety-nine bucks got you a full season ticket. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And we they had the idea of, uh, and these are you know real athletes that go out of their way and they got knocked to hell and back. And it was always very entertaining, and fans loved the game. Very, very competitive. And of course, you don't have time, pretty, to be on the defense because there's a 350-pound guy coming at you full speed and you're going to be you know in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before you know it and but any business is much more difficult than you might think to launch successfully the numbers just just have to crunch and the bottom line is between our restaurant chain and the film business and kiss and all the other 
adventures we had, I literally didn't have enough time to devote to LA Kiss, so we had to cash out. Okay. Sports-wise, favorite athlete or team or just uh, somebody in the sports world that you admire now or admired in the past? Any connection for you there? It continues to be Jim Thorpe. Hmm. I like the emotion of at a time when there was prejudice to the highest degree, when an American Indian, or as you say, First Nations, rose from, uh, from nowhere to not only become the best baseball player of all time, but the best football player of all time, and continued to break all triathlon and, and all the other things, broke every record, was probably the best athlete on two legs. Uh, I mean, yes, I know saying Bolt is fast, and I don't know that he ran faster than that, but all around, uh, nobody's been able to come up with his records. Babe Ruth didn't hit more home runs, and he was disqualified because there were some rules, and they wanted to get him because the baseball and football guys didn't want an American Indian to be the poster child for you know, the super guys, just like Hitler wasn't thrilled that Jesse Owens, an American black man, beat all the Nazis, you know, the, the super race. So unfortunately, sports is not clean of politics. And so they went out to get Jim Thorpe. You know, there were movies about that. And especially one with Burt Lancaster, where you could clearly see the racism. And he was he was stripped of his titles being ball at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know your history. That's that's pretty impressive. Gene Simmons joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. Uh, Gene, a couple more for you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. Uh, I I grew up uh, in the 1980s. I'm a big fan of the... Uh, you I know, grew up in the 1880s. <laughs> no, no, you're not, not quite that long ago. Uh, I, I'm a pretty big Def Leppard fan. You guys got to tour with Def Leppard, I think it was three summers ago. Uh, I don't know no, how no, much... No, 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 no. Def Leppard got to tour with us. Oh, pardon me, Gene. Semantics, okay. Because uh, they went first, I'm right? I'm not anti-semantic. I'm not anti-semantic. There, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, what's it like touring with, with uh, you know, being on the road with another big-name band? Is there a lot of uh, storytelling or hanging out? Or just what was it like? Uh, Everybody loves each other. We did uh, Aerosmith and Kiss toured for a year. What you want to do is to give the fans more. You know, one and one equals three. Backstage, everybody trades war stories. Isn't it great? But, you know, don't kid yourself. When you get in the ring, your job is to knock anybody who dares step into that ring out and respect them when they get off. You ever see a fight between two champions and they go at each other, just knock the bejesus out, and then when one or the other wins, they go over and hug the other guy and goes, wow, great fight. Whoever wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Gene, Kiss is still incredibly popular. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned Def Leppard. They were through Edmonton this summer. Guns N' Roses played a big show here at our football stadium a couple of days ago. Why do you think there are, are bands, you know, from the 70s and 80s that are still so popular and still selling out large venues? What, what, what is it about, you know, those bands that era that's still connecting with people? What you're asking is, where's Men Without Hats? I don't know where they are. <laughs> you can do, you can dance if you want to. Just anybody beat me up. I, you know, it starts with silly names for bands, and if you're not cool, and if it's the right song, it's a very strange 
thing. You either connect with the masses or not, and there's enough room for all bands and all artists to be completely unique or, or not. I can tell you from our experiences, uh, we never really paid attention to anybody else and decided to march to the beat of our own drummer, wear more makeup and higher heels than even your mommy ever wore. And we've been rewarded for it. It's unique by many marketers' uh, assessment. Kiss are the four most recognized faces on earth. That's a bold statement to make, and you as a well-read man know that Sweden is a monarchy, which means they have a king and queen. Because you're well-read, I can ask this question. Do you know what the king and queen of Sweden looks like? No, I don't, sir. <laughs> but that's an interesting question, because everybody in Sweden knows what Kiss looks like. Exactly, yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way. I did. Gene, okay, one more quick one. It, uh, it's, it's a short answer, because I know, I, I know I've taken up a lot of your time here. What is your favorite song to play live? My favorite song to play live is probably Deuce, because it's the song that started us off on tour. We opened tours that way for many years. And I, I opened my solo band with that song, just because, you know, a song is always more than a song. It's a, it's a memory of what happened to you, where you were, who you were with. But my favorite song of all time is Smile. Smile, though your heart is aching. You know that one. You know who wrote that song? Who wrote that one? Charlie, Cha Charlie Chaplin. Oh, really? Okay. Why do you yeah. like that one so much? Because it's the perfect song. The very first word in the song is smile. And it ends with, if you just smile, perfect song. There's no guitar solo, there's no fat. Yesterday is like that. You know, yes, here's the beginning of yesterday. Yesterday, oh, my trouble, and it goes on. Because I believe in yesterday, and it ends with that. That's a perfect song. Awesome. Gene, this has been a perfect interview. Thank you so much for joining us on 630. Chad, you're in Edmonton, September 23rd. I hope you have a great time. Thank you, boss. Right on. Gene Simmons. Yes, that Gene Simmons from KISS. Coming to Edmonton with the Gene Simmons band. He, he talked about the differences between a uh, KISS concert and a Gene Simmons band concert. Sounds like uh, a lot less pyrotechnics <laughs> and a little more uh, intimate setting when you see the Gene Simmons band. Wow. There's, there's a guy I never thought I would be interviewing and a guy I never thought would be asking me Spider-Man trivia questions. During the interview. That was incredible. Gene Simmons. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630-CHET. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630-CHED. You know, it's interesting. A couple of people this afternoon asked me this afternoon saying, why would you have Gene Simmons on Inside Sports? My answer is simple. In 30 years from now, I can say, I once interviewed Gene Simmons, or I could have said, I once turned down the opportunity to interview Gene Simmons. To me, I made the obvious choice. <laughs> uh, that was great. Gene Simmons from KISS. Uh, Steve says, wow, that interview went in several unexpected directions. Great Q&A. It did, Steve. I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, certainly on stage, Gene Simmons is... A big, bombastic, unpredictable performer. 
I, I think away from the stage, he's pretty intelligent, pretty thoughtful. As you heard in that interview, very well-spoken, very measured, with a very uh, subtle sense of humor. Definitely worked a few interesting comments in there. This texture says, great interview with Gene. Uh, Doug says, I uh, should have asked Gene if he's a Riders fan. I believe his wife is from Saskatchewan. That's Shannon Tweed. And Doug also says, first concert I saw at the Coliseum was Kiss in this mid-70s. And uh, this texture says, that was a great interview with Jack Michael's ostrich story. It's a tough choice for the best segment ever on the show. <laughs> and the, the texture adds, Eskimos will win 28-24. That was fun. Jed's on the line. Hi, Jed. Hey, guys. Um, great interview. I was just down in Vegas. We went down there, and I seen Miller and Frampton. Oh, yeah. And they did the same thing. They signed cards before you went in, and they had sort of like a questionnaire period for about 10, 15 minutes. These guys are amazing. Like They think that they're just musicians, but some of these guys are just unbelievable for talent and for what they know about the world. It's, it's crazy. Well, I'll say this, Jed, regardless of whether or not, you, whatever, whatever genre of music you like, it takes a lot of commitment to be that good technically at your craft, to commit to writing music and then touring and being away from your family and friends and committing to put out a product on stage night after night, to put out a record or a tape or a CD uh, year after year. And, you know, Gene, Gene kind of uh, indicated that when I said, what about the staying power of some of these bands? And he yeah. said, you have to do something unique and you have to commit to it. And he said, our goal, fine, we're going to wear the most makeup. We're going to wear the biggest high heels and, and we're going to make, we're going to force people to notice us, notice us. And that's kind of what Kiss did. And the music was fun along uh, as well, right? Well, it's the same way with Ozzy. I've seen Ozzy, Black Sabbath. And, you know, I've seen Foreigner. These guys are all like that. They all want to give back to their the people that brought them to where they are, and they're so talented. And everybody says, "Oh, they need the money." They don't need the money. They love pleasing people. They want to give it back to the people that gave them what they gave. It's like the customer. They want to give to the customer. Thanks, uh, Reed. Uh, have a great long weekend. You too, Jed. Thanks for calling in. You can text six thirty six thirty. Well, quite a contrast here. We're going to go from Gene Simmons to Morley Scott. <laughs> I wonder who slept with more women. Oh, I'm not going to ask Marley that. We're <laughs> coming back after the news. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.